Hey, this is Kyle O'Reilly. You're listening to and loving the Spanish Announce Table. The Spanish Announce Table. Well, here we are. It's episode 292 of the Spanish Announce Table. That number might seem insignificant. However, uh, what number does seem significant is the 2020 part because it was this week, maybe a day or two. I'd have to really check maybe the exact date uh, seven years ago that we recorded the very first episode of the Spanish announced table. Tom, happy uh, seven year itch anniversary. Yeah, happy seven year anniversary to you. And uh, looked it up, did a quick Google search. Uh, what you give someone for a seven year anniversary is something copper. Uh, so look for Some in pipes. the mail. Well, so look for in the mail uh, coming your way soon a penny. Oh. Yeah, oh, got good. you a penny, man. Huh? Look at that. Yeah. Maybe From I can melt heart. that down somehow when after the fall of. Um, society and use it somehow from the heart tim i, I go top that. shelf for you if, I you appreciate got, that. if you're if you're supposed to get copper i'm getting you the best copper and that is u.s mint and that is a penny you deserve well, it i didn't get you anything not surprised yeah i'm uh, i'm a bad friend but you know this preaching to the choir hey man <laughs> so yeah. what have you been up to this week oh. i'm in i'm so i'm jazzed up a little bit if you can't tell i'm a little jazzed up i'm a little psyched that uh that we're doing seven year anniversary spanish announce table this lasted exactly six years and 31 weeks longer than i thought and i'm so happy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I, I i agree with you you know when 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 I'm talking to this guy who's uh, you know co-host on a, a MMA show that I'm board hopping, and we have this goofy idea about you know a, a podcast called the Spanish Announce Table, and I'm like, well, I'm working at this radio station. If you want to swing by, and we'll just you know kind of record. I was like, well, how long am I really going to be working at this radio station? Right. And then you know, I guess guy ain't going to keep coming around. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, I was Here like, it yeah, is. why not? We'll do it. Yeah, I really thought this would last 20 weeks. I gave it yeah. about 20 weeks and look at it, seven years. But before we get into our little seven years, we should have stopped at 20 weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people thought that, uh, but before we get into the Spanish nouns table, seven year reminiscing, uh, you know, memories and recap kind of, uh, of the past seven years, let's talk about this past week, Tim, what have you been up to this past week? Not much. You know, we've been trying to get in a little family time when we could, but, um, you know what I mean? That's. Uh, with COVID, you get a little more opportunities, but, um, you know, uh, we just, just kind of hung out around the house a lot. Um, we did have the bug guy come, uh, because, uh, we have them come like quarterly, you know, and he had been calling and I was like, I guess, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we've seen some bugs, so come on out, you know, but you know, they were masked up, did the whole thing, you know? Um, and then, you know what I mean? So just playing the dad stuff during the, the COVID dad stuff, God, right? What? On brand Tim for our yeah. seven year anniversary show. Still just mm-hmm. doing dad shit. Love it. Yeah. Love it. I Tim. mean, like, what else am I going to do in the COVID? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not or going to concerts, not going yeah. to wrestling shows. Yeah. Just being a dad. Being, being a, a dad, dad and a podcast host. Man, on brand Tim. The I dream. Love it. I love it. Yeah. Good what about you? you? Now, you, you over the seven years. Oh, I've fluctuated I've a lot, you know? <laughs> there is no on-brand because the brand has gone through many a, a rebrandings. 
Oh, I tell you what, I have gone through 17 different iterations of T Max slash Tom slash Who the fuck am I? Where am I? And I loved all of them. I loved all of them. The current iteration, though, uh, what I have done this past week, uh, got a little bit into pro wrestling um, as far as uh, I bought the rocks uh new tequila terramana Ooh, okay all right all right, all right. very I didn't good. get an invite well i didn't buy it for you i bought it for myself uh very good very i'm not a tequila guy right i'm like eh. and there's two different types there's a blanco and then there's this one that i'm not even going to attempt to say but uh it's the tequila that was aged in wood um or in oak barrels so it has like a yellow tint to it Ooh, it's so smooth um, I drink it straight, no rocks, no nothing. Uh, don't mix it in like a margarita. Just sip on it. It is so good. Sipping on it right now, actually, and it yeah. tastes. So, so you normally wonderful. not a tequila guy. No, but I wanted to get it because it's the Rock, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. He every he does Terramana Tuesday, and he's mixing his tequila with like bullshit you shouldn't be doing it with, right? It's like here's a Terramana Tuesday. Put a terramana in a glass and then eat a peanut butter and je- jelly sandwich. It's like what the fuck? No one does nah, that. He's like, oh, do it's terramana too. No, I but- used to. Um, I, I'm not like a huge tequila fan. Like if I like nowadays, I I haven't bought or had tequila in forever. Like if I have it, it's because we're having like a get together and somebody else brought it. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, or everybody's out somewhere again pre COVID. Um, remember places. So, uh, remember going to places? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so, um, but in my days in the military, when I was like overseas in Germany and stuff, and we would be out at these bars, I would always uh, do the flex where I wouldn't use like the chaser and the lime and the salt and all that. Not, you know what I mean? Like everybody else would do that, and they'd look at you, and then you'd just be like, what? Right? Like that. That was always a fun. That was, oh, that was how you got down there, right? Like that's how you punked everybody out. Yeah. Oh, hey. My dad taught me you don't chase your women and you don't chase your liquor. You fucking drink it sherry. Like I'm no, we're not doing any of that stuff. And yeah, I've never chased anything. I hate people that are like, oh, give me a Dr. Pepper or give me some water. Shut up. The yeah. point of drinking this is to like feel inconvenient and then get fucked up. Like that's what you're doing this for, man. If you want yeah. taste, go fucking drink a Dr. Pepper. But like yeah. I was like, look, I damn sure I've never in my life been like, I could just really go for some lime right now. So I really don't want it after my alcohol. Yeah. Right. And oh. salt's like, I'm not just trying to, no, no thanks. Yeah. None don't chase shit. Don't yeah, high blood pressure, man. Fuck that. Yeah. That's the motto of 2020. Don't chase shit. Don't chase a virus. Don't chase a liquor. Don't chase a woman. Fucking stay in your own lane and do your own shit. Ooh, that's a good, ah, look at that. Look at how we just, just inceptualized the theme for 2020 don't chase shit. oh yeah if you followed us for seven years uh we've first of all we've named years we've given you advice like you're you're a well-rounded person at this point from our sage mentorship yes uh, over the last seven years and you know tom here's here's an interesting thing you know they say it's that in seven years you have like every cell in your body has died and been rep like you know like replaced so literally every seven years you're completely different from the seven years mm-hmm. that you were prior so this is interesting right we li- this literally is a whole new spanish announce table have we ever had done a whole new spanish announce table now we have here it yeah. is what is this this is like 3.7 yeah this is spanish announce table version 3.7 we're the matt hardy <laughs> podcast. yeah yeah, you just keep dunking us in water, and we'll come up with a new personality each time, right? Version one, uh, Broken Matt, uh, 
just, you know, high uh, spot monkey Matt Hardy, all of the shit. We got it, too. We got all that stuff. And again, this year, 2020, Did, you know, year, don't chase shit. I was going to bring back the uh, sound clips, but we, you know, peek behind the curtain, right? Breaking, breaking kayfabe here. Um, we record this totally different than we used to. Um, mm-hmm. And literally, it's over a phone call on our end, and I wouldn't know how to make Tom hear it right now through all that and uh when we figured this out last week that it was the seven year anniversary maybe i'll work on maybe we'll work on that maybe we won't you know there will be an episode 300 coming up in a couple months so that's another thing we can this is a trial run right it's the seven year anniversary right definitely hey and speaking of breaking kayfabe as we kind of transition into the week of wrestling because i tell you what there was a lot of shit that got uh that went down uh but you you had mentioned breaking kayfabe uh did you hear that kayfabe is dead did you hear about this story? Kayfabe is oh. dead, Tim. Um, is this was this like a gimmick wrestler, like a female? Was it Kayfabe? Her? No, no. But remember Pamela. No, but remember Pamela Marie Snyder, PMS, yes. where she was a baby face for three weeks and then a heel for one week. God. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, still a great idea. That's um. That's um. Who's the? Uh, we, we said that last week. Uh, they did that to her. Um, the uh, oh, the patriotic one. Oh, Lacey Evans. Me. Lacey Evans. It's Lacey yeah. Evans. It's Dana Brooke. <laughs> no, uh, but I was, I was yeah, going to tell you. Uh, yeah, Kayfabe that's kind of dead. what happened there, right? And that yeah, but, the door? definitely. But I was going to get back. Let's get back on the story because we're getting a little amped up here. But Kayfabe is dead. Did Pumped. you hear about this? Okay. Why is Kayfabe dead, Tom? Undertaker joined TikTok. <laughs> so the question has to be. The question the has man. to be. Right. What's his first the- dance video? Um, you think he'll do one of the, the like "Don't be suspicious" videos, right? I feel like he has. Well, I feel like he has to do Thriller, right? Like yeah. the oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Dead Man kind of walk. Yep. Like that has yep. to be his first. Because yep. isn't see, TikTok is... just dancing? Do what? Isn't TikTok just dancing? Like isn't no. it just dance vid- no. videos? No, Tom. Tom, pause. Okay, I have been sucked into the world of TikTok for a couple weeks now. Tom, God damn it, Tim! It's great, Tom. No, it's not all damn. dancing. You can, you could, if if dancing shows up, you can get rid of that. It like tailors it to you, and the more you like start watching, the more it will. And it just literally starts shoving these fun, fast videos in your face of people doing like for me, you know, like there's a lot of comedy involved, right? I got some wrestling things going on in there, and then there's like, you know, what I mean, just you know, there's some dad stuff, right? Like, I mean, there's all kinds of just fun shit going on, but it's generally. Very lighthearted, very fun, right? There's all kinds of like tips things. I'm watching one that shows like, um, you know, like if you're getting shoved around, right? Like, uh, you know, like little self defense tips. Like, uh, Tom, TikTok is awesome. Giving it a Captain Awesome's uh, a- approval of awesomeness. Ugh. Yeah, you should check it out. No cap for real. Check it out. Well, it's a sad day when two of my, <laughs> two of my uh, two of my um. Not mentors, but people I admire have gone mm-hmm. to the dark side, and you and Undertaker mm-hmm. have joined TikTok. Uh-huh. I'm not posting anything on TikTok. I'm, you know uh, what I mean? Like I'm just neither watching is the he yet. Yeah, neither is he yet. Yet, well, yet, yeah, we'll yet. Hey, I'm telling you, there, we could probably use it. Uh, uh, you know, sprinkling some fun Spanish announce table stuff in there. Well, you go right ahead. TikTok. I have made a vow. I have made a vow. That Instagram was the last thing I was joining. That's it. I'm done. You know what other value you've made on this show, Tom? That I fully believed at the time uh, was that you would never ever get married. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I thought. Uh, I thought you were. I thought it was right. <laughs> and Tom, then I fell you in love. You believed it. 
Yep. I believed it. I I checked your friends at, at the um at the wedding. They believed it at the time. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, my wife never believed it. The moment I said it to her, <laughs> the day you said it to me, she laughed like how I'm laughing now. And I was like, "What?" And she was like, "Yeah, yes." And I was like, "No." Nah. I was like, "Nah, you you don't you haven't met this guy." She was like, "Nah, it just take." She was like, "It's just one." She was like, "There's gonna be one that has something that he, you know, what I mean that he admires. It just takes one. He's gonna get married. You'll go to his wedding." <laughs> Speaking of uh, uh, for the win, yeah. Speaking of your wife for the win and Spanish nouns table memories, let's go way, way back to the early episodes of the Spanish nouns table. And do you remember the first time I actually met your wife and the confusion that went down? Yeah. Okay. So the fun story is um, my wife. I forget what's going on. Like she was. I forget, we were training the kids up for something because she was at, at like an exercise class or something, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and she I was, was at the studio. You were coming by and she was waiting out, but she wasn't able to get a hold of me and phone was dead or something. And you told me that you were coming in a little bit and you were going to be bringing the girl you were dating at or dating at the same time who had the same exact name as my wife. Yep. Right? <laughs> yep. And what I, unbeknownst to me is she can't get a hold of me. She f- sees you going in and just like, hey, I'm trying to get... Uh-huh. Uh, and I don't even think you put two and two together that it was me, right? Right, yeah. No, I was just right. like, yeah, was, come on yeah, up. She was I like, I'm just yeah. trying to get in the radio station. You go in your shoes like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then here comes Tom with Nikki, who he's dating. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my Nikki. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. No. No. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because you looked at me like you were going to kill me. And I was, I was like, like, what, what the, the fuck is happening here? Wait a minute, this ain't right. Well, because I was yeah. like, no, nah, there's no, like... I was like, I, you know, I mean, obviously people are blindsided by stuff like that uh, all mm-hmm. the time. But I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure there's no window of opportunity for this to have been happening. What was going on? <laughs> yeah. So so from my end, I was going to bring the girl I was dating at the time, Nikki. But then plans fell through. I think she had to work late or something like that. And then, you know, we don't want to be there till, you know. Uh, or get there at like midnight or anything. So we were, I was just like, all right, well, another time. And so I just went by myself. And then, yeah, as I get to the elevator, your wife is like, hey, I need to get to the radio stage, station to get my husband something or, you know, give him something. And I was like, oh, I don't care. Fuck it. Who cares? It's the radio station. Jump in. So we got in the elevator. You know, we just said hi, nothing. You know, hey, my husband's name is She was, she was so nothing mad like- and, and like not wanting to meet you because she had just got done working out. She was like beat red. And yeah. Just like, yeah. yeah. Got so there was no. Yeah. So there was no conversation on my end or, or <laughs> our end. We just go through the elevator and then I hit the key card, let her in, let her in. And, you know, she's walking with like at the same pace as I am. And then, yeah, we come to the the uh, studio and you're sitting there and you give me a death stare <laughs> where I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I'm like, maybe five minutes later, whatever it was, you know. And then, you know, you and your wife talk and then you come back and you're like, so you're dating this girl named Nikki, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, and you're like, my wife's name is Nikki. I was like, oh, that isn't her. I was like, that is not her. <laughs> she was so mad to me because oh, she was like, great times like, of Spanish well, we had planned table. to like, we had planned to like trade off something, right? Whatever. Right. And she was kind of in a rush. And, and so she was already pissed. And then I'm like. Oh, that was that was T Mac. That was Tom. You didn't. Uh, okay, never mind. We'll talk about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was still great. to this day. Still to this day. Uh, like I think it was last week. Uh, she was like, "All right, well, we gotta do this," and I was like, "Oh, well, we gotta do it quick. I got the show tonight." And she was like, "God damn it, I forgot about the stupid show." And I was like, "Not stupid. <laughs> Not stupid. It's fun. It's a good hobby." 
Well, hey Tim, let's uh, before we get ago. in. Yeah, before we get into. Uh, yeah, it's been seven years, Nikki. Come on, by now you should know better. No, uh, so let's do a little quick recap before we get again into the wild week of wrestling. Seven years. What stands out to you? I kind of uh, gave you a little bit of a head start to think about this, but in the last seven years, what stands out to you? Uh, in the world of pro wrestling, you don't have to hit every you know high note, but just a couple. Oh, I got of things. one word. What's that? Boring. Really? Yeah, for the so, most part. Okay, now listen. For the most part, right? And here's why: I started going back, and I was like, "All right, what I want to do is is what am I forgetting?" Right? So on Wikipedia, I don't know if you know this. There's uh, Wikipedia. There's a two thousand you know year. In professional wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it goes over every card's major show, and I was kind of like reading through, and ah, there's some, there's a lot of misses going on. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, oh man, I forgot that happened, right? No, there's oh, yeah. some good things, right? So the Daniel Bryan thing stuck out, right? The whole Daniel Bryan movement, right? The WrestleMania 30 really stuck out. Um, you know, the 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 complete fall of of TNA Impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's still impact wrestling is still around, but you know, that, that whole turn, we kind of watched that happen. Uh, I mean, we didn't really watch it happen, but it yeah. happened while we were around. Um, you know what I mean? I'm this AW thing has really got me, you know, kind of, it's the biggest thing I felt like has happened literally, which it, that I don't want to make it sound like that's a recency bias, but I mean, this is. Quite frankly, this is the biggest thing to happen in wrestling since, like, the Monday Night Wars. Was the, is this company coming along with money? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I was thinking about this, and I, you know, I posed the question to you, and then I wanted to kind of reflect uh, for myself. And I thought of it kind of as two different uh, ideas. I thought it was innovative and transitional. So it was transitional in the sense of stars, right? We went from John Cena kind of at the tail end of his powers of ultimate babyface John Cena. And then we transitioned to a Roman Reigns that kind of didn't hit well, but now we're still in this transitional phase. I really feel of who's the next person to kind of take the, take the brass ring and be the, the face of pro wrestling, right? We're still looking for that. It's kind of Seth Rollins. It's kind of Bray Wyatt. It was kind of Roman Reigns. But we really don't know. And then, like you said, AEW came around. So maybe it's some face over there, right? Cody, Kenny Omega, someone like that, right? But then I also thought it was innovative because, uh, as you remember, uh, this was during the time of the the WWE, the excuse me, the WWE Network. Um, then yeah. putting on. Uh, Remember they used to have the second screen experience? Yeah, the second screen experience. How that kind of died off. SmackDown going from Diet Raw to live on Tuesday nights now to network television. SmackDown's had more iterations than we have. Yeah, I mean, it really has. And then also you got to think of innovative ideas. Now, they may have not hit as well, but hey, Undertaker lost his streak during this uh, seven-year period. Yeah, that really stuck out. Yeah, you know, there's been different types of uh, matches now apparently, you know, maybe due to COVID, maybe just due to lack of ideas. We're going through a cinematic experience of pro wrestling, which I think you can really attribute to broken Matt Hardy and his compound matches in TNA. But now you have that, you know, the swamp fight from Extreme Rules. The yeah, I want them to match. still sprinkle those in. I want that yeah. to still be a thing. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, obviously cinematic matches is nothing new. You can trace that back to, you know, Hulk Hogan going to the Dungeon of Doom and uh, trying to find Kevin Sullivan. But now it's obviously taken to new heights currently. So 
I would say those two ideas. That was a for the cinematic last... masterpiece. And I loved it. This water, it's not hot. Like, okay, Hogan, <laughs> cool. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, but yeah, I was thinking back. The seven years to me, innovative and transitional. So that's kind of my quick recap. Because again, yeah, I, get I, into I don't disagree. Week. And it maybe boring was a little harsh, but um, there is a lot of, you know, there. <sighs> Early on in our seven years, there was a whole lot of, you know, the shield broke up, so now they were cycling through a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then they kind of got away from that, and we are where we're at now, which right now, right now, everything's just up in the air. I just don't, you can't even judge anything, I feel like, you know? Yeah, this this specific exact moment in time is a little bit hard to judge, but if you take a step back and kind of look at it from a few years, yeah, there's just no one that's been the person right becky yeah. lynch obviously mm-hmm. you, that's another theme you can speak of uh yep women's pro wrestling from when we started this podcast yeah, to the whole main eventing wrestling yeah main eventing wrestlemania uh but yeah i think innovative and transitional uh has been really the two things that stand out for me during these last seven years but now With hey the- let's 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 get into this week because like i keep alluding to there was a ton that went ha- that went that went on i'm so excited i came and speak straight and that's my job mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, you know, we kind of, we're hitting it hard each and every week, giving you a podcast episode. And then we went away and we kind of faded and then we went away for good for a couple of months. And now we're back and we're relevant. You know who also is that way? Mm. Impact wrestling. <laughs> this past week was slammiversary. So we won't recap this as far as match by match, but, uh, Tim, you know, as you probably saw, there were a ton of returning stars to impact. There were some stars from WWE that made their first debut in impact. Generally speaking, uh, it made, you know, shockwaves in the pro wrestling world and felt relevant again. What did you think? And what do you take away from Slammiversary from this past weekend? I like this. Um, uh, I like that the folks leaving the WWE aren't just going to all dump on the AEW, right? Uh, like, I, I wouldn't mind, a you know, even a third thing to go watch. Let's see if that's better than SmackDown because I'll never watch that again, right? Like, what, mm-hmm. what are we going to watch that for? Um, and if it's got, like, let's say there was, uh, you know, a Rusev and a, and a Heath Slater and, the, you know, the Good Brothers and all that going on over there, sure, I'll give it a shot and see what's going on. You know, they'll get a chance. Why not? Yeah, I thought this was really interesting because they did it in a way where it was just waves that came into Impact Wrestling. So, you know, with this many people you could have done a Nexus type storyline, right? Yeah, or an yeah. outsiders type storyline where it's these invaders that try to take over the company. Or even they're just like a group of guys who think their shit is too big for, you know, for this place. Right. So they just come in as a group of like people looking down on them all. Cause like, well, we've been in WWE, you know? Right. And so what I think has been really interesting about, uh, the way they presented all these different, uh, talents in, uh, Slammiversary was they weren't necessarily connected, right? Like Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows weren't high fiving Heath Slater on, right. you know, during the broadcast and Heath Slater, you know, obviously saw Rhino, but then he was kicked out because he's not actually a signed yeah. talent. So he had to go. And then you had Ethan Carter, the third, reinventing himself from when he was, you know, the, the silver spoon rich kid to now this like psychopath, almost Dexter Loomis style character. Uh, and he gets a vignette and that's it, you know? And so it it was just this fun mixture of WWE guys coming in, but then you also had, uh, really fun surprises of like the motor city machine guns, um, 
reuniting and saying that they're going to challenge the North for uh, the tag team championships. They ended up winning that on impact. But so it was this nice blend of like, Oh shit, the Miller should motor city machine guns are back. Oh shit. There's Eric young in the main event. Like it felt really cool that it wasn't just one storyline and it was these little surprises and, you know, uh, really fun segments uh, of a otherwise, you know, not to be too harsh, but in the last five years, forgettable promotion. So I thought it was really cool how they did it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, the those highlights you spoke of were, were kind of the things that stuck out to me as well. And um, yeah, I don't, it's so hard. I mean, they still to this day aren't like it's not like they're they just can't gosh can't recover from a a bad name but meanwhile we're hitting home runs i mean they're still pulling some stinkers mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so it's still kind of rough like i'm not oh, gonna yeah. praise them to all ends but uh maybe again some better talent coming in yeah better talent that, right? and maybe you know when you're you know the 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 best case scenario, and I'm not saying that the any talent will get to these heights, but the best case scenario is you get the you know pissed off Stone Cold Steve Austin that got fired from WCW gets a little time to uh, get his bearings back in ECW, and then he explodes in WWE, right? Like maybe that's what you're getting with a Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, where it's like they've been in WWE for so long, they're getting pissed off. Now they're like, they have all these fun, innovative ideas and now here they go. They're in impact. So now here's their chance to bring all these ideas that they thought were well, the But it could even be that, right? Like where they start doing something, they realize like, oh, this could work. And then as it starts to work, you know, AW or WWE, you know, snatches them back up and they take it to them, you know, and then we get that person you're talking about, right? Right, exactly. So, um, Really good show from Slam Reversary, uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, like I said, it was it was cool to see that they were relevant for you know maybe a moment in the sun or maybe this is a long lasting third option because like you said, I don't feel like I want to watch SmackDown ever again. Um, but you know what really started off the whole Wrestling Week news and uh, you got to be on Twitter to see what's happening is Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson on their talk and shop, uh, shoot podcast, uh, shots were fired towards Paul Heyman. What did you think about this? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and we'd heard that AJ Styles also, you know, soured on him. Um, so I wonder whatever happened there with that kind of click versus him. Like I'm, I'm sure we'll get uh, Paul Heyman's no, you know, not shy of a person either. We may get his side here eventually. So uh, more to come. Right. And, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. So who knows? I found it interesting in this aspect. It's almost like what, uh, two face says in, uh, uh, one of those Batman movies is where, uh, you're, you're the hero or you're, you live long enough to be the villain. Mm-hmm, However, that's right. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but you know, you die a the, hero or you live long enough to be the villain. Exactly. That's what it is. There you go. We don't fact check whatever the fucking phrase is. Uh, that's another hallmark <coughs> of our podcast. Uh, but I really thought, you know, generally speaking, Paul Heyman is just renowned for his creativity and man, if he only had the finances that Vince had, he would be taking over the world, right? Well, here he was with the finances that Vince have. Wow. And he pushed new stars, and we don't know what happened backstage. Maybe he came up with 15 ideas, and Vince said no to all 15, and that's why he got fired, because Vince was just hated his ideas. But it was interesting to hear from a talent's perspective in real time, you know, in the moment, I should say, not real time, 
uh, of them saying like, nah, I don't like that guy. Cause you know, well, see, so they don't have any sort of, none of them were ECW guys. None mm-hmm. of them were, right. you know, they, so they don't have this tie and mystique other than what his name brings from a respect per, you know, point period. But like, they don't have that personal emotional tie. So that's the same thing. Like, you know, like you could have had the greatest boss in the world or whatever for 10 years and I come working for you. And you know what I mean? Like that guy's helped you out maybe, you know what I mean? Personally. And then I come in and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I, you know what I mean? Like that guy's kind of a dick. Uh, you know what I mean? Like you never know. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so I, so many things could be true that are both right here. You know, like, um, uh, they, they, maybe he just had ideas that they thought were stupid. Right. Because maybe they're like, we don't do that shit. Old man, you know? <laughs> and, I don't know. Who knows? And maybe they're dicks. Yeah, that's the thing. I just found it very interesting that someone current is taking a shot at Paul Heyman. Because usually it was always after the fact, right? Taz or Tommy Dreamer would say, like, man, he was great. But sometimes that motherfucker didn't pay me. You know what I mean? So, like, like, but this is, no, he just, I don't like that guy. He lies a lot. And I don't like liars. And so I found that very interesting that someone would be either so bold to say it, you know, while they're still wrestling, or maybe Paul Heyman is changing, right? Maybe he is going from the innovator of pro wrestling and moving it forward to, Hey man, I'm a company guy and I just need these checks to clear. So just fucking go out there. And now you guys are doctors this week. I don't give a shit. Like just go out there and do it. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see how it plays out. Like you said, we haven't heard from Paul Heyman. Uh, you put a microphone in, in his face. He'll say what he wants. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see the ramifications of this shoot interview from Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be neat. All right, now let's get into what we're really here to talk about in the Spanish announce table version 3.7.1.aol.com. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite. What did you think of this week's episode? Because I personally, before I get your opinion, I thought this was one of the better episodes they've ever done. Tim, what did you think? I I agree with you. It was really, uh, I enjoyed almost the whole thing, right? Like everything was cool. Yeah, so let's just get right to it. We had... Uh, opening the night, the TNT open challenge. And we were told before this night started, it was going to be a mystery person from someone not currently in uh, AEW. Turns out uh, Cody's in the ring waiting for his opponent before it was even announced. You start hearing on a microphone. No, 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 we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And Eddie Kingston, the mad King himself comes out, cuts a promo that just made the championship challenge feel a little bit more special cuts down Arn anderson cuts down cody builds himself up it felt like it had stakes even though it just went you know it just transpired in five minutes uh eddie kingston cody in a uh no disqualification match man this was awesome what did you think just one of my favorite promos of the year if not the uh favorite i mean eddie kingston came out and murdered everybody i told you know i've been telling you off off air i've been telling you eddie kingston uh in my opinion is the best promo in pro wrestling that i just i honestly think that like you obviously have your mjfs your chris jericho's seth rollins can pull one out that's really great obviously paul Heyman, but just a consistency and a believability that's the thing that i think sets eddie kingston's promos apart from everyone else is it's it's believable. There's there's real pain in his voice when he talks about growing up poor. Uh, there's real pain in his voice when he talks about the injuries he sustained. Like I know, obviously, this is 
you know, kayfabe and, and we're, we're all kind of ourselves turned up to 11, but it seems like he's already at 11. It just happens to be, he's in a pro wrestling ring. Uh, yeah, this promo was awesome. And this match, oh my God, this was incredible. Was it for a opening match on a random dynamite? Uh, it, it was amazing and <clears throat> a couple things, but before I jump in, I want to turn to the listeners to chime in and wants to talk about Eddie Kingston. Now, as was customary throughout our seven years, we had a program called Hashtag Tweet the Table. I don't know if you remember it, Tom. Uh, mm-hmm. You, the listeners at home, would use Hashtag Tweet the Table when you were on the Twitter machine, and you would watch wrestling, and you would you know, want to be like, ah, I got something to say, right? And you'd use Hashtag Tweet the Table when you'd say it, and we'd read some of the best ones right here. And at uh, uh, Heavyset330, I don't remember this gentleman. I do. Tom. I hated him for a while, and he <laughs> hated me, but now we're best friends. Yeah. We're liking he- everything we do. So a couple friends. things. He he chimed in and said, Mike check, one, two, is this thing on? Hashtag tweet the table. And then another one he says, uh, I turned on AEW for the first time just to see Eddie Kingston, and I was not disappointed, Patna. Hashtag tweet the table. Um, I was not disappointed either. Dude, Eddie Kingston's promo was, first of all, the most realistic promo I think I've heard uh, in, in as far as I can remember, right? Like he, I don't even know if he wrote anything or if he just came out and was like, give me that microphone. You're right. Um, he was just so great. And then the match was amazing. Um, this guy needs to be on my TV a lot more. Uh, I, this was great. I loved every second of this. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. And I also credit also needs to go to Cody. Right. So like, again, this was just, uh, an open challenge match to start off an episode of dynamite. This wasn't fight for the fallen. This wasn't fighter fest. This wasn't all in, uh, you know, it was just dynamite and Cody went through thumb t- not went through, but landed in thumbtacks. He was whipped with, uh, with, a uh, um, what was he whipped with? He, he was whipped on his back with, a, I think, a belt it was. Uh, he was just beating the shit with chops to his chest instantly. Like, for Cody to say, hey, I'm going to go all out on this match with Eddie Kingston and kind of make him look great, but then also remind people that I can do these kind of matches, I thought was incredible. This was as physical of a match for Cody since his cage match with Wardlow uh, mm-hmm. a few months back. And so credit needs to go to Cody. But, yeah, going back to Eddie Kingston, who made the big splash, yeah, this was awesome on his part as well. So with Eddie Kingston, um, he was a heel, but yet they – I mean, they gave us face things about him, right? Like they were like he had to sell his wrestling boots, pay his mortgage. Mm -hmm. And and I could definitely see him being a major uh, anti-hero, right? Like the – you know what I mean? Like he – People would love his gritty, you know what I mean? Like, I, I fucking him. do this by myself and punch him in the mouth. Yeah, I love him. I, I tell you, like, his promos are the absolute best. His matches, you know, his matches aren't going to get, you know, five-star classics with chain wrestling and all that. Steve Austin's. Right, exactly. It, it's just a believable fight. Uh, you know, when, for example, when Cody... Actually, it was Cody that was whipping Eddie Kingston with his uh, weight belt. That's what it was. And mm-hmm. he hit him a few times. And then Eddie just like popped up and just tried to gouge Cody's eye. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. fucking Jesus, man. That's that's some real shit, right? Like, that's real, some, you, right? You know, and, you know, they alluded to it during the match. But they, they had mentioned that Eddie Kingston 
worked alongside Santana and Ortiz. Now, obviously, that was Impact Wrestling, but that's what I want to see him. Sign yeah. him, make him the anti-hero to Chris Jericho's pompous, rich, you know, I'm a, I'm the goat and you're just a uh, journeyman. Like, I think that's a great contrast. And through that journey, get Santana and Ortiz out of the inner circle, have him join up with the new LAX with Eddie Kingston, and have that just run all That'd over AEW. That would be awesome. Yep. Well, and and moving on again, uh, the 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 tweet the tables that we just mentioned, like Heavy Set did, uh, we'd like to keep that going as we move on for another seven years, and um, we'll sprinkle these in, right? If you got a good one, or you got us to help breach a, a new subject, uh, you know, whenever you're watching wrestling and you got a thought, use hashtag tweet the table, share them with us, just like Heavy Set did on this one. He says. I need Nick Gage to accept the challenge next week. Hashtag murder, death, kill. Hashtag tweet the table. Who's the next challenger? Well, I hope it's not Nick Gage because I don't know if Cody can handle that. An Eddie Kingston match and then a Nick Gage match, I mean, that might break his back. I'm <laughs> being dead serious. That's too That's too physical. I think, you know, someone who needs to uh, accept the open challenge next week just from a like breaking kayfabe and a shoot to preserve Cody's body. Let's get a Marco stunt. Like let's get a, you know, let's get another kind of mid range fun, flippy guy. Uh, a jungle boy would even be good. Like I know he's already op- uh, accepted it once, but you know, someone along, someone along those lines, uh, maybe the other member of private party, I'm getting confused on which one accepted it first. Maybe the other guy takes the, the open challenge, but what I don't want a blade? physical. Yeah, well, even right. that's but that's physical too. I just don't yeah, want Cody to You're like. Right. Yeah. I don't want Cody okay. to have a Pentagon Junior spleen. Right. Yeah, Pentagon Junior, perfect. Someone like that. Yeah, Phoenix. You know, someone like that. It's still pretty physical. <laughs> yeah, but it's not Nick Gage. It's not Eddie Kingston. Yeah, it's I don't not think brutal. It's right. not like I'm ramming you into the fucking fence post. And- I'm not nervous that uh, you know Cody's uh, lungs will be punctured in a match with Ray Phoenix. <laughs> with I shift. am with Nick Gage. Yeah. All right, so what was next? After a uh, successful title defense from Cody, we saw MJF come out, and essentially this was a squash match. Uh, He took on what looked to be Jungle Boy's older brother um, in in a, like I said, in a squash match. This was good, but I have mentioned this last week, and I'm starting to get this feeling a little bit more each and every week, but we need something MJF can really sink his teeth into. Yeah, you're you're not wrong there, but God, he did this so great. This is perfect heel. Like, you don't even want to cheer this guy, right? Like, he was Mm -hmm. so rotten, so rude, so mean, and then just beating the guy up, making him say he's undefeated. Like, uh, just... Like, that's what a heel does. Like, you wanted to see him get his ever-loving ass beat. Yeah, and I love MJF, right? Like, I love to boo this guy. And I like that Wardlow is there for him to, you know, smack someone in the face and then hide behind Wardlow, right? Like, yeah, exactly. He he can do that with the Wardlow. But as as great of a program as he had with Jungle Boy, which I do think he had a great program with, and eventually, you know, this time next year or even two years down the road, we can revisit that feud and, you know, see where they're at and reignite both guys' career. But in the right now, I need MJF to like pick a fight with someone who's a baby face who can, you know, stand up to him. I know he's a tag team champion, but someone who I feel like that would fit that role to a T is Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega MJF right there. That to me says main eventing 
uh, a dynamite for sure. Or if you build it up correctly, main eventing a a soon to be pay-per-view. Like that's the type of thing that I want MJF to do is get into a real feud with a top level guy like he had with Cody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, but he's still so good. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, he. I. Yeah, he is the perfect heel in 2020 for me. Okay. I, yeah, so now I we need to give him a good face. All of his Let's work. get at it. Exactly. So next after that, we did have a quick announcement that coming this summer, uh, we're going to get a women's tag team championship tournament where uh, women's tag team championships will be introduced. Uh, what did you think about that announcement? It's coming yeah. this summer. We don't have an exact date, but it was announced. It feels like they better get some more folks in. So I I agree, right? And I feel like the general consensus is to kind of, I don't know if it's harp on it or downplay like the women's division in AEW. I personally think it's very, very good. I know Britt Baker is hurt, but you have Britt Baker, you have the champion, you have Penelope Ford, you have Nyla Rose, you have... um, It's not uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah, you, you have Brandy Rhodes, you have... Um, the bunny, which, you know, it's, she's in this weird kind of like she was the bunny, but then she's Allie. I don't know what she's doing. Um, you have some things there where I think you have a good women's division. My concern with a women's tag team championship program is where does it fit? Like they still only have two hours and we're telling the story of the dark order, you know, the AW championship, the TNT championship, the women's championship, and then we got other stories like a you know Chris Jericho Orange Cassidy feud. So I just don't know with two hours introducing more titles is going to benefit really anyone. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that said, I don't want them to go to a third hour. So oh no, but I you know I, I talked about this last few weeks, and I'll keep talking about it. I will say they did a little bit better this week. But that's where you need to make AEW Dark your go-to YouTube wrestling show, right? Like, you have it there. You can do whatever you want. You know, this week we saw Ricky Starks join Taz uh, as uh, Ricky and um, Brian Cage beat up Darby Allin. But more stuff like that. That's where we can have the women's tag team uh, championship change hands from, you know, Team A to Team B. Or that's where we can have after Cody loses the championship uh, a TNT championship match on AW dark. That's where we need to do more than just say, well, Sean Spears needs to pad his record. Cause eventually he's going to lose to Kenny Omega. So let's get him three wins on dark, you know, like right. this is where we need to use that time a little bit more efficiently. And that's where I think it could fit. Uh, not to say it should stay on dark, but we can move things around if we're going to add more content. That's, you know, must see TV to dark. But if it's not that, I don't know where these titles fit on Dynamite. Me neither. Uh, Time will tell, I guess. All right. Now, after that announcement, uh, we got back to the action, and I tell you what, we got one of the crazier matches, at least from the start uh, in AEW history. We had the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade. It started in a kitchen, for Christ's sake. Yeah. What did you think Uh, of this? I like the Butcher and the Blade more every time I see them is a major takeaway. Um, and, uh, God, I, it's, I, it was hard for me to not shake the feeling that like this was trying to be a soft copy of the stadium stampede. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but 
it was still really good. Like it, it definitely didn't take away that much because it was very entertaining. Yeah, I thought it was awesome how they started. I thought Butcher and the Blade, I guess making hamburgers or cutting meat, I don't really know what they were doing, was just perfect. And I did like that the Young Bucks were like, no, let's start it here. Let's kick your ass right now. Like We don't have to do wait it. to the ring. Like Let's just do it now. I thought that was a cool touch. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade seem like low-level villains for Batman to beat up. Like They just look like someone that would be in a superhero movie like in the first 30 minutes where the That's, main yeah. character would end up beating them up. Have a little They're difficulty, like but then beat them up. Yeah, exactly. Like They seem like that. Um, and I like them. I like them a lot. Their weird look, those white pants, little cocaine cowboy look that they have going on in Florida. I think he's got fits a Cisco haircut being. going on. Yeah, he got super kicked. Uh, the blade did got super kicked and went up the escalator. I thought that yeah. was a funny spot. Uh, I agree to, uh, to what you said. It didn't dawn on me until you said it, but yeah, it kind of felt like the the diet coke version of the stadium stampede match with four guys, and they didn't really go everywhere, but they went enough places, uh, and it was really fun. Uh, obviously the young bucks got the win. They did their stereo dives, uh, through the tables. The part that I thought was, uh, really interesting though, was how, um, after the young bucks won, they didn't really take the advantage to, I I guess, you know, the young bucks are the young bucks and some people, they're the best tag team in the world and yada, yada, yada. But they're also not, like if they're if they're not feuding with the FTR, I feel like they're just not really doing much. And this was an opportunity where I felt like they could have done something, maybe get on the mic, call out FTR, you know, ask for a title shot, something. And they just won the match. Not to say that it was a bad thing, but they just won the match, and it kind of felt like anticlimactic after the match, where typically AEW does something to keep a storyline going. Yeah, I mean. I hear you that, yeah, they are just sitting there kind of doing nothing and they just kind of poke their head in and be like, hey, remember us? But I also kind of don't like them. So the more of that, yeah, I'm fine with. Yeah, and, you know, they're still interjecting themselves into this multi-layered tag team division storyline with Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page, FTR, and then themselves. So I guess I was just looking for, you know, for them to do those stereo dives and then to get the win I thought then they should have capitalized on some type of like, did you see that? Now we're going after X, you know, whatever it's, whether it's a title shot or a team, but they kind of just were like, yep, there we are. We're the young bucks. So that's a a small criticism of mine, but nonetheless, it it is a little bit of a criticism. All right. After that, we got uh, two new women. Maybe they're going to be a tag team in that women's tag team Mm -hmm. tournament later this summer, but we had Ivelisse and Diamante in a one-on-one match. Uh, I was not a fan of this. But what did you think before I get into my thoughts? I I felt the same thing, too. It was kind of a slowdown, if you will. Not that they were, you know what I mean, like that it was necessarily slow. I don't mean it that way as much, but just like it was just kind of like, oh, everything else has become so storyline driven and or, you know what I mean, mixed in together in AEW that when they do these, like here's two people you haven't seen, it's a little hard to kind of, to make it stick out. I agree. Now I'm a huge fan of Ivelisse. I liked her, uh, in shine. I got to see her before an evolve show, uh, in person. She really impressed me with a great match with, uh, uh, Mercedes, uh, Terrell, I believe. No, it wasn't Mer- Mercedes Terrell. Who was it? No, it was Shotzi Blackheart. That's who it was. Um, great match with her. 
Uh, got to see her a couple times in Journey Pro as well. Uh, the reason this match didn't hit well with me is for two reasons. One, I felt like it was the same character wrestling each other. They both came out yep. with this like thuggish Puerto Rican, I'm a badass, which is fine and great. But if I don't know either one of you and you both come out doing the same thing, well, then I don't care about either one of you. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that kind of was a miss. You know, I'm if you want to start cheering for the one that wins, put, I guess. What's that? Just start cheering for the one that wins. Right. Because if you're going to do Ivalice uh, as the Puerto Rican badass, let's counter with Big Swole or, you know, someone like that. Uh, with this, it felt like the same character. And I was like, well, like I said, I'm not into it. The other thing that I thought was not uh, working in their favor is they did an in-match promo from Big Swole on yeah. Britt Baker. That made yeah. zero sense. Like, she, Big Swole has nothing to do with these two women, yet she's going to take over the screen and obviously the audio to talk shit on Britt Baker, who also has nothing to do with these two women. So it just felt very yeah, let's misplaced. Say, let's say like... You're watching a, a Rockets versus Nuggets game, right? And LeBron comes on. He starts talking about how they're gonna, you know, the Lakers can beat up on the Warriors next time they play. You know what I mean? Like in a promo, yeah. And they just like small screen the like the game you're watching. You'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, like I don't. I'm watching the Rockets play. I don't want to. Like I'll care about that when it's time. But right now, I want to see if the Rockets, you know, hit this three or whatever it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what it felt like. That's a great analogy. Great analogy. Uh, also in the AEW Dynamite, we did get a promo from Britt Baker. Uh, she called herself the Michael Jordan. Yeah. Actually, she said she's better than Michael Jordan because she can this, come back from this a whole, bit, uh, injury. This whole promo, though, was fucking great. Oh. And the no. way, like, Shivani tried to interject and then, uh, God damn it, what is her actual name? Uh, Re Reba, right? Uh, Rebel. But, yeah, Reba, Rebel, but yeah. Rebel, yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. I mean, it was just all, it was so fun. Yeah, it was great, and uh, I don't have this in my rundown, but I definitely want to talk about it because I don't remember the placement of it. But we also got a backstage promo from Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts. How fucking awesome was that promo? Lance Archer goddamn spiked someone through a ceiling. Yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> that made could. me laugh so hard. Fucking <laughs> through could. it. I know. And the, the, great, the great thing about this was the contrast of Lance Archer just – sticking a foot in everyone's ass and then like i said spiking that one poor bastard and jake the snake going like god damn it guys if this if you guys don't give him something to do he's just gonna keep doing this and who wants this <laughs> you guys don't want this damn it and lance archer's just like rawr, rawr, rawr. just I the mean, contrast of jake the snake being like i don't know what do you like someone well, it's needs so great. To help it's like us. it's it's like a like a guy who ran off with a circus freak and he's like managing him now, right? Like, uh -huh. and he's just, and he's just like, look, man, I can't control this fucking thing. You got to give him somebody to fight or he's going to fight somebody. <laughs> right. I just thought that was my favorite moment of the entire night when he fucking lifted that poor bastard through the ceiling. That made me laugh so hard and was such a cool spot. Uh, Lance Archer making a, a, a good impact for the time he was given. Uh, all right, now let's get back into some of the matches here. We had five from the Dark Order taking on the tag team champ. Hangman Adam Page. Adam Page gets the victory. Uh, the Dark Order does come out. Uh, Mr. Brody Lee post-match does say, Hey, Hangman, uh, you have no friends out here. Why don't you join us? We'll be your friends. 
And then Hangman says the ultimate sin to Mr. Brody Lee. And he says, I'm not joining a cult. What did you think of this whole segment? A little perplexed, right? Because we were telling the Colt Cabana story, right? Mm -hmm. And now, you know, a guy like Brody is going to have a couple things going on, I guess, right? But Mm -hmm. I I don't feel like this. The Hangman page and the Kenny Omega thing is so split up that, like, now he's fighting the the Dark Order. Like, what is going on here, right? Like, I don't know. Uh, The Brody Lee thing. I'm starting to notice every time he cuts promos that like he really he fumbles his lines a lot. Yeah, you notice that? I do. I do notice that. Yeah, there's a lot of like, oh, wish we were going to take two. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's articulate, but he's not. He's not. uh, Just slow down a little bit, right? I think this is what they needed to work on him with, right? Kind of how I was. Yeah, kind of how I was at the start of this episode, but yeah, just needs to slow down a little bit. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was really good because uh, I think it told two stories at the same time. So to your point, Colt Cabana is the one who walked out with the dark order. And when hangman page was like, or when uh, Brody Lee said to hangman page, like you're in danger. You saw Colt Cabana look around like, wait a minute. Are we the, are we the danger? Wait a minute. Nah, we're not the danger. Well, are we? like, you going to hit me? <laughs> yeah. And so then when Brody Lee, you know, takes Colt Cabana and shuns him away from the like gang style mobster attack that he, you know, orchestrated Colt Cabana has no idea of what's happening behind his back. And then evil Uno and those guys go to jump hangman Adam page, which leads to next week, Brody Lee versus hangman Adam page, which I think will be a fun match. And then the interesting part of that is as, uh, Adam page is getting beat up. FTR comes to make the save first and Kenny Omega is actually too late to the party. And then just kind of sits there with his thumb in his ass, kind of looking stupid. That is interesting to me. Again, this is that multi-layered, like is hangman Adam page actually more in favor of FTR than he is of the elite. Where does his allegiance lie? And to your point, they're still the tag team champions. It's still Kenny Omega and hangman Adam page. So where does that leave those two guys? Yeah, I like all of that. I do like all of that. And, uh, yeah, I guess I could see that. You know, use both these storylines against each other, right? They yeah. they barely intermingle, right? Yeah, because I don't think this is going to be a, you know, three-week feud with promo packages of Hangman Adam Page versus The Dark Order. I think this is just to get one more actual payoff next week and have these two storylines bump into each other one more time. Again, that's my opinion. I hope so, right? I mean, I'm hoping it's not like what you think because if it's what you think, yeah, that's not going to be fun because, yeah, because then you have Hangman Adam Page feuding with the Dark Order, trying to hold on to his tag team championship and trying to see where his allegiance is, whether it's with FTR or the Elite. Like, that's too many stories to tell for one person. Um, So, yeah, we'll see next week what what it unfolds, but... Uh, for the time being, next week it looks as like it's going to be uh, Brody Lee versus the Hangman Adam Page. All right, all right. After that, we got some real fun. As I scroll down my notes, we got the main event: Jurassic Express of hey, Luchasaurus. Uh, you Go missed ahead. a uh, you missed a Taz Brian Cage promo in there. Well, I did. I am sorry. Yes, I did. Uh, uh, as I alluded to on AW Dark. Uh, Ricky Starks has joined 
I don't know what we're calling this, the Taz team or I guess, you know, yeah. something, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, Taz said that he made a business decision to save Brian Cage's arm. Uh, talk some more shit about how Brian Cage is the man and, you know, no mistake will happen again, uh, which made him kind of feel like a more of a badass to me. Uh, and then Darby Allen comes out. We get that little feud. That's when, again, yeah. Ricky Starks comes out to help beat up Darby Allen. And then we get the heavyweight champ coming out with a baseball bat, which I think was in barbed wire. Do I have that correct? Maybe, maybe. I think yeah. So. And so now we have John Moxley repaying the favor to Darby Allen for the week before. And now it looks like we may have a tag match soon of John Moxley and Darby mm-hmm. Allen, who's had their own match uh, that was really awesome, taking on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. So. You alluded to the uh, towel-throwing incident, and last week we had asked, when was the last time that we had seen something like that in wrestling? Yes. Mm-hmm. And hashtag tweet the table to the rescue, Tom. Uh, heavy set again, because you know what I mean? We, we told people, hey, we're going to do these tweet the tables again. You know, we gave you less than a week's notice, and you know that's how we do things. He said, uh, hashtag tweet the table. He said, Bret Hart versus Bob Backlund, Survivor Series 95. Owen convinced his mom to throw in the mm-hmm. towel for Bret. Yep. And as soon yep. as he said, I saw that tweet, and as soon as he said it, then it sparked my memory. Because then after that, that's when Bob Backlund, uh, if, if memory serves me correct, and again, I don't fact check, but I believe that's then where Bob Backlund lost uh, the heavyweight championship to Diesel in like six seconds mm-hmm. in a house show in Madison Square Garden. And then right. we get the the hot potato of diesel to Sid to Brett to I think Sean even got it in there again. And then well, like, diesel had it for a year at one point. Yeah. And maybe that's when it happened. I don't really remember. Cause that was a weird time in my life, which most of my life is a weird time, but I do remember <laughs> as he said, the towel incident uh, with Bob Backlund and Brett Hart. So thank you. Heavy set. And as Tim mentioned, if you have any other fun facts of where we, uh, forget things because uh, again we don't fact check and you want to let us know hashtag tweet the table and if we deem it Any appropriate yeah. and if we deem it appropriate we'll read it again if you want our opinion on the new gear that uh mvp wears on monday night raw we're most likely not going to read that but if you want to give us a cool fact or you want to share some good insight well you might get on the show but let's we got a high bar here on the spanish nouns table 3.7 point yahoo.com point aol Point. professionals I definitely yeah we not are drinking wine right now while we do the show terramana is hitting me in my sternum yes. <laughs> all, all right. right what happened next yes so now we get to the main event it was jurassic express and that is jungle boy and luchasaurus Choo-choo! taking on the inner circle mm-hmm. of jake hager mm-hmm. and the demo god chris jericho this was a fun match. I liked it a lot. Uh, Jake Hager, can we go back? I, one thing I did forget is there was a promo earlier where uh, Chris Jericho just ran down uh, Luchasaurus saying he's not a real dinosaur, saying Jungle Boy has right. mutton chops, all this. But the it was a great promo, and it was fine. But God bless a fucking America. You had Jake Hager just, I don't know, hyped on his own fucking looking at his abs, just flexes for no apparent reason behind Chris Jericho. I don't know if he caught that, but he just was like, yeah, it was he like, went full 80s wrestler. Yeah, for no reason. There was no big insult. There was no nothing. It was just like, we're good. And he's like, yeah. And again, Creatine they, was hitting him. Oh, something was hitting him. 
maybe too many white lines. I don't know. That's allegedly. I'm not saying he does it. I'm just saying he looks like it. Um, but then he walks out to the Does ring. He have some oh, God, Jake Hager, each and every week, you know, the hate that I used to have for the Young Bucks, and trust me, longtime listeners, it's still there a little bit. I still don't like them, but they're getting better. But that strong hate, I think I'm directing it towards Jake Hager. I think someone in the wrestling world always needs my sports hate, and the Young Bucks are slowly winning me over. So I think that's now going to Jake Hager. Jake I Hager. Yeah, don't a good like that bastard. Uh candidate and again pro wrestling is in sport that's another theme of uh the last seven years uh <laughs> didn't think you knew i was gonna get that in on an anniversary show uh but yeah jake hager god what a walking buffoon he he's is a walking just a, bottle of mayonnaise oh my god he is just the word he's the type of guy that looks like he bites ice cream you know yeah. like what a shit anyhow so we get uh uh, Jurassic Express versus the Inner Circle. Inner Circle gets the victory as a masked wrestler uh, interferes and helps out Chris Jericho to get the pinfall. Later, we find out that masked wrestler is the returning Sammy Guevara. What did you think about Sammy Guevara returning after three weeks suspension? Oh, sodomy Sammy. Um, oh, he was too joking. Too soon? All yeah, right. come on now. <laughs> Woof. Um, well, I'd like to say at the ultimate one chimed in with a tweet, the table, and he said, totally not surprised by the Sammy Guevara reveal. Just shocked that there isn't a tweet by Serpentico about his mask coming up missing. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, that one shocked me a little bit. I mean, I, I figured out what's going I mean, I wasn't shocked by the reveal. I was shocked by, I was like, oh shit, it's going to be fucking Sammy back. Yeah, I was, I was, I think I was more shocked that they used an actual, wrestler gimmick right it wasn't like this was just a masked wrestler like this was someone right and like like ultimate one said like so why is that guy not pissed that his mask is missing you know <laughs> like yeah. uh so maybe we get that sammy's first uh match on yeah, Dark is he not Dynamite? backstage looking for his gear and then somebody's like hey yo check the monitor and then he just like why didn't he go running out there right like, yeah can't, put on, can't yeah. got his mask well, he can put a towel over his head and then run after him and say, hey, what the fuck, man? That's, that's, uh, you're not me. Another point about the match uh, at the Ultimate One on Twitter chimed in with. He says, looks like Aubrey Edwards must be a graduate of the Earl Hebner School of Refereeing. Hashtag tweet the table. Hey, hardest job in performance art is a referee in a pro wrestling match. I tell you what, that's a lot of things to keep track of. You got to keep your head on a swivel. Especially with the demo god. Yeah, I tell you what. And then you also have, you know, uh, a weak chin and apparently the wind will injure you. So, you know, it's hard to be a ref. It is very hard to it be is. a ref. It's hard to be, it's hard for a pimp out here. You know what I'm saying? Come on with it. Yeah. Uh, but what a great episode of dynamite. I thought uh, we'll get into WWE here in just a second, but to compare the NXT show to dynamite. Oh my goodness. Dynamite kicked its Killed ass it. in every yeah. way. I thought, mm-hmm. like I said, to start off this segment, uh, I thought this was the match or excuse me, this was uh, one of the best nights of pro wrestling uh, from AEW in quite some time. Really enjoyed it. But now let's transition that over to WWE as a whole. And as I mentioned, they competed on Wednesday night with NXT. Uh, kind of a C-plus show in my book. Um, 
There was some high spots. Bronson Reed gets a good victory to make his yeah, first NXT boy. takeover. Yeah, I think he's a. I think he's a good emerging star. I think he can be a, 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 not a main event player, but a, an established star if they put a little bit more effort into him. Yeah, that thick boy stuff could be good merch. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. I mean, there's plenty of fat pro wrestling fans, so you know they'll be buying it. Uh, thick boys. Thick boys. Uh, but what the most disappointing thing I thought from NXT. Not only was it just kind of a C-plus show in my book, but Keith Lee relinquishes his North American championship, which makes no fucking sense that why did two weeks ago then we did a winner takes all if you're just going to be like, ah, I don't really want all of it. I just want that one. Well, last week you put both titles on the line. Just- yeah, and this, it just made no sense. It was lazy. It was... I get that we want to make Keith Lee look strong, but... So just- in MMA and boxing... There's folks who hold multiple championships, right? And they can defend both of those championships, right? Yeah, definitely. And now there has been in real uh, circumstances, a a fighter will say like, hey, I'm not going to cut back down. Like, for example, for example, Daniel Cormier was the heavyweight champion and the light heavyweight champion. And he said uh, after, you know, defending both championships, he was like, you know what? I'm just not cutting down to 205. It's a little bit too much. I'm 40 years old. I don't want to do that. So I'm giving up that title. And that makes sense. Right. But with this, it was just Keith Lee saying like, for the betterment of the sport, I'm going to get up this championship. And it's like, well, why? Cause to your point in MMA and boxing, yeah, plenty of people defend both championships. Amanda Nunes goes from 135 to 145 and kicks everyone's ass, right? She goes back and forth and just whips everyone's ass. She's a two belt holder. You can do it too, Keith Lee. So I just I felt like that was so insulting to build up the winner takes all two weeks ago to then just have the payoff be now. Well, what we're gonna get done? a new champ at the next takeover. Mom. I can't think of anything. So what would you have done? Again, if you're gonna have Karrion Cross really challenge for the heavyweight championship, get him inside the head of Keith Lee and in a North American championship match with whoever you want to put that title on. Karrion Cross cost Keith Lee that match, and then that's how you build the main event storyline with Karrion Cross and Keith Lee, and then now you have your North American champion who is established winner who took the belt off of someone, not just winning uh, a off of match. the double champ. Right. So now you've established a North American championship with legitimacy, and you have a main event story with some real heat. I Here's don't know. another hashtag. Here's another hashtag. Hashtag hire TMAC. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, because now, it very much like you said, with MMA and boxing, right? Here's another example. John Jones, the greatest fighter of all time in a lot of people's books, uh, was the light heavyweight championship, or light heavyweight champion. He defeats Daniel Cormier, gets into some trouble, hit and run, yada, yada, yada. They strip him of the championship. Daniel Cormier then... Uh, fights for the vacant championship and wins. But no one thought of him as a real champion because he never actually beat John Jones to win that championship. And that's what this feels like. Keith Lee gave that belt up and whoever wins it didn't actually beat Keith Lee. So it feels like a hollow champion. Yeah. It's just silly. Just silly. So that was NXT kind of in a nutshell. Again, uh, I thought Bronson Reed looked good to get a win. 
uh, over. Yeah, so there's going to be a ladder match, but to qualify for the ladder match, they're going to have a bunch of triple threat matches. Right, and this one was Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, and Roderick Strong. That's really a good win for Bronson Reed to beat those two guys. Very good, very good. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Thatcher beat Ani Lorcan. Uh, again, that matches or those matches have been really fun. And Timothy Thatcher is just so fucking physical. I just love watching him wrestle. Just he's a miserable bastard, and that just really, yeah. really, Brutal. really lights a heart in my or lights a a, a good uh, flame in my dark heart for someone as miserable as me, like Timothy Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, like I said, this week was huge with all the pro wrestling news. Uh, we had. The horror show at Extreme Rules. And I don't want to go through all of it because, honestly, it was kind of a C-minus show. Except for there were two matches that made note. You had the eye for an eye match, Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. What what were your opinion, or what was your opinion on that? That was fucking shit. Whatever they thought that was going to be was not. Well, and then just to undermine it, again, much like the NXT winner-takes-all match... On Monday night on Raw, Tom Phillips was like, hey, so the doctor was able to reattach Rey Mysterio's eye, so he'll just need a couple weeks off, and he'll be good to go. It's like, well, then what the fuck was all that about? Why did yeah. Seth Rollins puke? Was that the whole thing yeah. to, to, so that we could see Seth Rollins puke? I guess. I Man, real bad. I thought we were going to get a cinematic match. I thought they were going to do something unique. This was... This was low-level crap. This was something from WCW 2000. Well, that's what they are right now. Yeah. Uh, Also, a a real eye has been detached from a wrestler, and they didn't puke. They just kept wrestling, i.e. Vader and Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen hit him so fucking hard in the face, Vader's eye popped out, and he pushed it back in. So, like, let's act like this wasn't... You know, something crazy in the pro wrestling world. Now, obviously, this was supposed to be whatever. But, yeah, for Seth Rollins to be so sadistic and then just have such a change of heart when he actually sees the eye outside of the but face it, of Rey Mysterio. it was just so anticlimactic. Like, he's just showing him. And we don't see anything, you know, because, I mean, how could we, right? But, like, well, yeah, we don't see any, like. All of a sudden, like, it was like, his eyes out, his eyes out, his eyes out, his eyes out. Like, uh-huh. guys. They should have oh, they should have pulled the plug on this a long time ago. Yeah, and it was like you said, very anticlimactic. Uh, there was no real like yelling. Why did you stab or, him in the eye. Yeah, and it was just the same. It's it seemed more vicious the first time around when Seth Rollins went after right. his eye than this time. Yeah, I'm supposed to come away thinking he'll do anything and that he's sadistic, and now it's like, oh no, he's remorseful. Yeah, apparently eyeballs really really tug on his heartstrings apparently i don't know it was the just, second time yeah the second, the second time. time not the first time the second time uh really stupid i didn't like it at all uh but the other match the swamp match this was a cinematic match uh this kind of went everywhere um i guess the fiend won or bray wyatt won or bray wyatt's dead and the fiend killed him and drowned braun Strowman. so what the hell is this about what if braun Strowman? comes back now as doing his bidding yeah I, who the fuck knows right so one thing that i think was missed by a lot of people because they didn't really uh push this narrative is this was a non-title match so even though the fiend oh, it won, was non-title yeah so even though the fiend uh, won uh, braun Strowman's still your champion which, well if he's alive 
Yeah. So what? Are, like again, we're recording this on a Thursday night. We haven't seen the newest episode of SmackDown. So by the time you hear this, uh, maybe that SmackDown episode has uh, aired, and we have answers to our questions here. Uh, but with that being said, um, so are we doing a tournament for the heavyweight champion or the Universal Champion? Where? Uh, yeah. You know, I like how they steered into the Alexa Bliss thing, though, huh? Well, yeah, because I think that's a really cool thing that Bray Wyatt can channel, you know, some of your inner uh, inner thoughts, inner uh, guilty pleasures. Um, well, he beat his own ass. Yeah. Yeah. He brought out the, you know, the version of the old version of himself to beat himself up, I guess. And then, yeah, pulled out the Alexa Bliss posing as Sister Abigail, but more of that, like, it's a ghost. Come follow me. Uh, and then, yeah, the swamp. Yeah, but she was like, you know, you've wanted to be together. Like, they just went into like, like, oh, hello. Right. Well, they alluded to yeah. that the entire time during the mixed match, match challenge. Right. So I thought it was a good callback. Again, that's another yeah. reward for being a longtime fan. So that I thought that was really interesting. I, I will say this, though. Uh, I understand it was a swamp match and it's supposed to be scary. So typically with, you know, scary movies, things move a little slower to build suspense. But there was a lot of dead space in this match. Yeah, there was. There was a lot Not of like, very much fighting at all. Yeah, but there's just like a okay, can we can we get to it? Like we don't I don't need to see another bunny rabbit. I would rather see someone punch someone, you know. Uh, we did get someone on fire, so I guess that was cool, right? Someone caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, that also though, man, I'm just so conflicted on this cuz even though it was a great attempt, uh, it didn't make sense because why would Braun Strowman laugh about setting someone on fire as a baby face? Yeah, I don't get that. Um, and then the finish just, yeah, we'll get more answers, I guess, on SmackDown Friday night. But but I like how they did. It. I like how they played the, the exit. They're like, all right, show's over. And then, oh, right. yeah, they did that once before. The, obviously, uh, what comes to mind, at least for me, is when Tommaso Ciampa turned on Johnny Gargano and NXT. Yep. Uh, but yeah, with this one, they put the credits. So you think it's over and nope, no, it's not. But I don't know. So Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman, you know, are fighting in the lake or in the swamp. Uh, and it looks like Braun Strowman is drowned, but then you see Bray Wyatt fighting for his life and he goes under the water. And then what emerges is the fiend. So, Hopefully they have a payoff for this. It was intriguing. I am interested to see where Bray Wyatt goes from here. Uh, but what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, yeah, man. I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man, that was the week in wrestling. I think, uh, at least for me, uh, any, well, uh, uh, did, uh, Brady Orton retire the big show? Fuck. Who knows? Didn't we think that, Randy or, or excuse me, that Braun Strowman retired the big show in that uh, cage match when he busted through the cage and took out big show. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like big shows had night. He, he's the, he's the watered down version of undertaker where he keeps on having these, uh, this is my last match kind of thing. Uh, and then he comes oh, back in three months. He, here's the thing that happened. Shelton Benjamin got his first win on raw in 14 years. How about so, it? Huh? So seven years ago when we started this show, he hadn't had a win on Raw in seven years. And seven years later, he gets over the hump. 24-7 champ, baby. Hey, 
that does uh, going into our uh, little bit of raw thoughts here. Do you think so? Rumor is uh, they might be doing a reincarnation or an updated version, whatever you want to call it, of the Nation of Domination. And we did see Ron Simmons backstage yep. talking to MVP and Bobby Lashley. Does that where we're going? Maybe a little race maybe. war. A little race war during uh, the Black Lives maybe. Matter movement. Maybe. I tell you what, if you want to spark some controversy and controversy creates cash, I mean, bringing back the nation definitely will turn heads. I don't know if it'll be for good or for bad, but it'll turn heads. I mean, we'll see. I think that may be where they're going. I think they may try to, you know, I mean, they may try to present it in an interesting way, but. Because then also, right, here's here's a fun swerve. What if it's not them? What if the nation is not Shelton Benjamin, MVP, Bobby Lashley? Instead, it's Cedric Alexander, Ricochet, and Mustafa Ali. Huh? They're the ones feuding with each other. Uh, Right? Yeah, I doubt it. I don't know who it'll be. But it seems like if it's going to be anyone, from what we see, Ron Simmons talking to MVP, you would think, like, that's the torch being passed, right, from Ron Simmons MVP. Um It'll be a bold move. I will applaud them if they attempt it. I will say that if you, you know, ratings are at an all time low consistently. uh, And so you got to do something. And in this moment of civil unrest and racial inequality being at the forefront of a lot of people's minds uh, to lean into that with the nation of domination 2020, uh, you'll definitely get people talking. We'll see if it's for better or for worse, but it's definitely a bold move. If they choose to do it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of intrigued. I'm intrigued too, but you know, uh, as one year we used to say, uh, we like to be patient and positive, uh, or positive and patient. Uh, I'm not that way with old white men like Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon trying to write storylines in 2020, especially about black guys. Not really into that. Uh, so I don't know. I'm conflicted, but I'm also intrigued. We'll see where it goes. Could be a train wreck, which also has me intrigued. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Just like this podcast and just like this podcast, we leave you with a fun fact. And here's your fun fact. It's been seven years since we've done our first Spanish announce table episode. And you're well, Tom. Uh, we're not going to leave them just yet because another Whoa. little blast from the past Ooh. that you may have forgot about Okay, is we used to take listener emails. Hot damn. I didn't know this. This is awesome. And I, and I got a few emails. Really? I do. Hey. I got, I got five emails for Jesus. this year anniversary show. I thought we were done and we just getting started. Uh, I sprung this one on you. I love it. So. We're going to kick it off with a good friend of the show, been on the show multiple times, uh, a pro wrestler himself. Greetings from the Iceman. Yes, I love the Iceman. Tell me your favorite Iceman thought right now when I say the Iceman. A shopping cart to the dick. (laughs) I love when he did that at Metro Pro. Wop right there. It was so cool. I don't even remember that bastard's name that he did it to, but that was so much fun. That was Pete Madden, I think. Yes, it was. Great memory. Yeah. He's wearing the uh, The GoPro GoPro on his head. Yep. Yeah. Iceman. And you know what? The other great memory I think of Iceman every time I see him, he always says hi. 
Like I walk into the back of the locker room, uh, you know, trying to navigate, trying to get interviews or whatnot. And Iceman oh, always yeah. says hi to me. And that's the other thing I always think about. One of the most personable guys uh, great that guy. I met in, the, in, in our time uh, amongst uh, professional wrestling professionals. Right. Great guy. All right. So what did he have to say? Yeah. He says, some of my best memories from the show I have are the multiple times I've been a guest on the show. Of course. Indeed. Uh, especially when I was there in studio with you guys. On a couple occasions, also loved being the Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week. Uh, it has been a great pleasure getting to know you guys over the years, whether it's listening to you on the air or talking to you in person at the shows. Spanish announce table is without a doubt Iceman approved. Sent for my iPhone. Um, Iceman, uh, you know what? I well, Here's a fun story that I have uh, of the Iceman. Um, unbeknownst to me, I, I'm walking around worlds of fun here in Kansas City, uh, Tom. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's like a you know amusement theme park, right? Uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. roller coaster rides and the like. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And leaving, it's dark, right? Uh, we're leaving. I think it was like a Halloween time frame, right? They put up like a big haunted forest and all that out there, you know. And I hear a very familiar voice, right? Unmistakable voice. At like they're like somebody's checking over on you know talking about something on the uh, you know like you are here board, right? And I was like, no, is that? Is that? And I literally just yell out. Is that the Iceman? <laughs> he turns around. He's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, holy shit. Iceman, what awesome. are you doing here? So that was fun, right? We got to start. You can tell his wife and my wife were not happy to be in this moment. <laughs> but you two were, and that's what was important. Iceman right. approved. Iceman, yeah, seriously, has come on the show. Did a road stories with us. Remember we were going to do oh, road stories? Yeah. Man, those were fun. <laughs> the one... <laughs> All right. Well, we, we will did, move on. Well, we did road stories uh, off air. That's what I'm alluding yeah, to. I know we did yeah, the we episode. Did a lot of road stories. Uh, yes, no, a, but we did an episode of road stories. If yes. you remember, Iceman was on there. Yep. Yes. All right. Here's another one. You guys uh, may know of this man, especially if you're over in the UK. Uh, Long time listen to the show. Adam Pearson. Oh, Adam Pearson. One of my favorite humans on this earth. I love that gentleman so flipping much. God, he's the best. What does he have to say? I'm so he excited says, to hear from him. Well, <laughs> can't believe it's been seven years of table show greatness. Oh, my, oh, my, how time flies. I'm glad this is here. It serves as a welcome distraction from the reality of COVID, Kanye, and online conspiracy theories about 5G and COVID. There's no 5G in Iran. Grow up. <laughs> With that being said. <laughs> With... <laughs> With that being said, I'd like to know what your favorite conspiracy theories are in wrestling history. Was Montreal a work, etc., etc.? Also, how has wrestling and being part of this community made you and your lives better? Love you both and stay safe. Adam Pearson, sent from the WWE Performance Center, sitting next to Apollo Crews. Shit, that's 14 days I'm not getting back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we forgot to mention that old uh, Apollo Cruz mysteriously couldn't. Uh, uh, he couldn't, couldn't perform, huh? Oh, it was yeah, totally it, not COVID. Yeah, but he had an injury. It's an injury, Tim. Uh, yeah, Come it's on. an injury to his fucking lungs. Yeah. All right. Uh, What's my favorite conspiracy theory in pro wrestling? So Montreal just seems too legit. I never really bought into that, but so I've been watching a show called Billions. It's on Showtime. Uh, the condensed, you know, chicken soup for the teenage soul kind of uh, overview of this show. It's a hedge hedge fund manager uh, worth billions of billions of dollars doing under underhanded tactics, 
and a U.S. Attorney General trying to catch him in these underhanded tactics. It's cat and mouse game, right? So with that being said, uh, throughout these episodes, I've been seeing how the rich stay richer and underhanded tactics uh, look to be uh, coincidental. Actually really isn't, right? So my favorite conspiracy theory off the top of my head is that Vince McMahon sent Vince Russo to WCW to demolish that company. That I don't actually think would be... Yeah, yeah, I don't think that that is out of the realm of possibility, that Vince, the ultra-billionaire, wanting to stick it to Ted Turner... I always heard about um, the NWO, right? People are like, oh, well, he sent him over there to ruin him. I'm like, yeah, but they didn't ruin him. They, for 86 weeks, damn near put him out of business. That's a very long razor's edge con he would have been playing right yeah (laughs) so that i don't believe now the russo yeah well i mean really because in 1999 let's just say you know wcw takes a kind of like uh a more invested interest in the younger talent they that they had like a shane helms billy kidman AJ Styles was on that roster as well. If they decide, hey, you know what would be cool? An X division, maybe that turns the tide. Maybe not to where they're back, you know, head to head with WWE, but maybe not out of uh financial, you know, debt. Maybe they go to maybe making a little bit of profit, right? But with Vince Russo, goddamn, he just said torpedo this motherfucker right here, put Judy Bagwell on a fucking forklift, and let's get the ratings down to zero. Let's get them down to zero. Two thousands. That's a lot of zeros. Indeed, more zeros. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, as far as how was wrestling and being a part of this community made you and your lives better? I mean, it's things like this. In no other way would I know Adam Pearson if it wasn't for wrestling and these wrestling podcasts and you, Tom. So you know, like, uh, it's just. Uh, I think there's so many folks around the world that we get to talk to because of this that I think uh, could can only make your life better if you really get to know these folks i think the way it's made me better is you know there's no secret i'm very stubborn in my viewpoints i don't have a lot of them but the ones i do have i stick to uh like you know flies on shit uh and what this podcast has really helped me with is just understanding different perspectives right uh now obviously there's some i don't cave on pro wrestling isn't a sport you know but hearing a perspective of a cataclysmic from New Zealand uh, and saying like, what the fuck with this American, you know, bullshit storyline, you know, uh, you know, America first, all that stuff. Or, uh, you know, heavy set telling me that like, Hey, this indie wrestler is actually doing the same gimmick that they did on the independent circuit that you're seeing now on WWE. Right. Uh, Those things have really helped me become a better fan uh, because, you know, I always stuck to what I know and getting tweet the tables or getting little links or direct messages of, hey, did you know this? Hey, do you remember that? I know you're seeing this now on NXT, but they actually did it in Evolve or whatever it is, right? That has been very beneficial for me being a better pro wrestling fan. So I thank you all for uh, sticking it to me uh, and making me a better person in this pro wrestling community. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Adam Pearson, um, he's awesome, right? Oh, my God. He's the best. Uh, not to put over this other show or this other YouTube channel. Well, we don't have a real a real YouTube channel, but WrestleTalk is a uh, channel I, I watch a lot. They're based over there in the U.K. 
uh, Adam Pearson was actually uh, interviewed and did some uh, contributions to Wrestle Talk. So if you get a chance, go on to Wrestle Talk's YouTube page, uh, find his video. Uh, he does some uh, some WWE topics and uh, talks about himself a little bit as well. well and uh, Adam, yeah, has uh, all sorts of, um, I don't want to say celebrity avenues, if you will, right? But, I mean, he's, he's well known for a great many things that if you just search the name Adam Pearson, um, yeah, you could learn a lot, right? I mean, he's, he's a great dude um, and will educate a lot of folks on a great many things too. Love him. Love him. Love, love you too for listening. As are I'm, all of our listeners and regular. Yeah, emails. I love the all next you one guys. of those is. I'm drunk. Yeah, the next one is Mr. Fourth Row. Yes. Remember Guess fourth what? Row always coming from the fourth row? Well, he can't because no one can go to crowds. No one's allowed in the fourth well, yeah, row. <laughs> well, that's yeah, he can't sit any closer than the fourth row. Social distance. Yeah, that's he the front row. Of, ahead of the times. He says, greetings to Captain Awesome, T-Mac, Tim, Tom, or whomever in the blue hell you guys are. Yep. Thank you both for the countless hours of entertainment that the Spanish Announce Table has brought me and all the fun times I've been able to interact with the show. My favorite interaction of all time is an email I sent in before the latest presidential election saying that if Trump wins, would he come out on Inauguration Day with the championship title stating, the champ is here! I laughed so hard with that moment on the show. Well, frack, he got elected. <laughs> he didn't do exactly that, but boy, has it been an interesting ride with him as president so far. Quick question. With us being wrestling fans, do you think that we are more well-equipped to deal with the craziness happening in the world since then because we are used to the wacky world of professional wrestling? Thanks once again, and keep on keeping on. Um, who? what do you think? You think uh, living a, a wrestling... Uh, fandom life has made you able to deal with 2020 in the world that we live in especially here in the united states uh, better than the most uh a tad and what i mean by that is obviously i think a pro wrestling see a pro wrestling fan sees things a little bit differently when it comes to uh, marketing and promotion right we understand oh, yeah. a little bit more of they're hitting one note they're wanting you to know this one thing, right? right? Or yeah, listen to their promo, right? Yeah. Or like this is a work. Yeah. Right? This like is a tactic. Yeah. This is not a real stance that they're taking. They're just trying to drum up some controversy and get their name out there. So in that sense, yeah, I think that does help being a pro wrestling fan because we've seen a million of those pro wrestlers do similar promos, except for now it's just in Congress and not in a wrestling ring, right? They're now suits, not spandex. Exactly. Now, I mean, let's be honest, a, a pandemic that's killed 147,000 people in this country, uh, obviously racial injustice, uh, where people are feeling real pain and scared for their lives. No, right? Like being a pro wrestling fan doesn't help in those regards, uh, but to, to kind of skew it more towards a better outlook, I think it does help to be a pro wrestling fan because you understand promos and... Uh, debates a little bit easier on it, what they're trying to accomplish it sure did help me uh with promo skills when i was uh when i in a lot of times in my life but most recently uh at those protests uh when i was uh having a few words for some of the uh the thin blue line as it were um there uh you know sometimes you crank it up to 11 right i think we know how to do that mm -hmm. as wrestling fans mm -hmm. i don't know if that's 
making us more well-equipped <laughs> or not. <laughs> that could be a bad thing and has been a bad thing a great many times in my life. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Yes, I think it makes us spot, makes us question. Are these people being fucking real here? Is this on the up, right? Um, well, even like, let's take the news of today uh, specifically, which it's not political, but it helps being a pro wrestling fan. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Well, yeah, no, I sent it to you. But Pat McAfee of the Pat McAfee show and Adam Cole had a blow up at the end of their interview. And that's clearly a work. But if you don't have that pro wrestling eye to, you know, understand what you're watching, you think that two guys literally almost came to blows over, I don't know, some just shit talking. Right. So, yeah, it helps being a pro wrestling fan to kind of instantly see like, okay, this is bullshit or or man, that's a shoot. That's real. Like I know you might think, but no, I can tell this this guy or this girl is legit in their anger. So yeah, it helps. All right. Well, our next emailer uh, sent an email and also sent us a donation. Tom, hey, love it. Uh, and he says, if this is still a thing, then Natty Lights are on me, mm. uh, and we'll do that next week, maybe. And yeah. then we'll tell everyone how great. The ultimate one is. Hey, ultimate one. And came through with a tweet the table. Love that guy. Yep. And so, again, uh, a little tidbit for any of you guys. If you want to go onto our website, SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Oh, we have a fun story about SpanishAnnounceTable.net at the end of this email. Remind me to do that. Okay. Uh, uh, that It ties into the seven-year history of this show. But go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Right at the top, it says donate. Right? There's a bunch of little you know clicks up there. There's like home podcast right one of them is donate if you're on your mobile you may have to click a little drop down menu at the top you should see it it'll take you right to the paypal page you can donate you can make it a monthly donation if you want to if you want to um and you can write in there something if you wanted to be the slater gator beer sponsor of the week give us a few you know a few bones tell us to go buy some kind of beers you want us to buy we'll drink it and then we'll tell everybody how great you are like in this case uh next week when we're doing that we'll spend a whole lot of time talking about like how great the ultimate one smells and like how we heard that like uh, you know what I mean? He never uh, forgets to take his trash out on trash day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the great things about Ultimate One. Oh, man. Where do I start, right? Oh, there's so many. There is so many. so many. Birds sing of a beautiful pitch when he walks down the street, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. I have, I have heard of stories where his neighbors and accompanying uh other people in his neighborhood will come out and cheer him uh, just for all the great deeds he's done for the community, right? Like mm-hmm, this guy mm-hmm. is just absolutely the bee's knees hands down. Yeah. And why do we always say hands down? I don't know. Hands down a pillar in the community for all of the great works he has done. Just mm-hmm. an absolutely uh, a plus person. Well, here we go. He says, what up, Captain Awesome and T-Mac, a.k.a. Tony Mac, a.k.a. Tough Acton, Tenactin Mac, a.k.a. Tommy Mac Gun, a.k.a. T-Mac 10, and my personal favorite, a.k.a. T-Mac Cosmetic Lip Gloss. It's your main man, homeboy, play a partner, drinking buddy, brother from another, and play cousin. Don't ask me how that's possible. Ultimate one here. Checking in for the first time in two years, but never the last time. I haven't done this in a while. I know. But I think it's time to hit you guys with some good old. Funf Fragen. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. Let's All right. Number do one. It. Does AEW falter like TNA Impact, or do they continue being relevant competition to the WWE in the coming years? Suck a dick, AEW for life, brother. 
<laughs> I'm in it. Let's go again. What's two? <laughs> two. Do you foresee a rising third brand akin to ECW coming to a national television market? Fuck no. Our attention spans aren't bigger than two products. Look at our political system. It's either this or that. A third option? Yeah. What are you, you insane? You could argue NXT is that. Blech. All right, number three. Will the current Wednesday Night Wars ever match the following, the non-fan interest and ratings of the Monday Night War? No. Now I'll be real. I I would hope so, but there are, like, if you were to compare just the viewing options, not even just cable, just viewing, because including streaming services and YouTube and things like that, to what they had in the late 90s. I mean, there's 9 million more options. So I think we're just too segmented. Yeah, unless you something... Need to look at, like, percentage of the market. Yeah. Okay, so then, yeah, you know. so I I just don't think ratings will ever get back to, you know, the 6.3 or whatever that they were hitting in 98. Number four. In your guys' opinion, what has been the best thing to happen in wrestling in these past seven years? This podcast... No. Yeah, it's got to be this podcast. Has to be no, number five. <laughs> hold on, I'll, I'll really give an answer then. The best thing to happen, you know what? Even though I'm not on it as much as I used to be, I would say the WWE Network. Right? That started after we started this podcast, didn't it? I believe it did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I would say the WWE Network. Just all of that content, all of the great, you know, 24 series that they've done. Uh, the last ride recently with Undertaker, all of it that might stuff. Have started right before we started the pod, but right around the same yeah, time. Yeah, so right? that I, I will I will lump that into uh, our seven years. That's what I'll say. That's a good one. I mean, this. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else. I mean, you know. Well, just nothing think, is made like. Yeah, I mean, just think about all the pay per views that we can see. You know relatively clear and for nine ninety nine a month, right? Like there's so much value in that app that yeah. I think that's probably the best. But if it came I out I think just because it's too early to tell because time, you know, it hadn't even really been around what, two years. Uh-huh. But finally having competition again. Like yeah. A real competition that's yeah. not, you know, TNA. Yeah, we know uh, for sure. Pretty huge. Yeah, we know for sure that that's happened in our seven year history. Because again, we'd have to go fact check and we just don't do that. Uh, but if the network happened after we started the podcast, I'm putting that number one. But if it started before our podcast, then I'll put AEW as number one. Number five, is there a wrestler company or concept in wrestling that you have since changed your opinion about? Oh, man. Every so week. Many, huh? Yeah. I mean, look at how I've gone back and forth. Damien Sandow comes to mind for me because I used to love that guy, and now that yeah. guy can – he sucks. Yeah. Uh, the Young Bucks, I absolutely hated them, wanted to like fist fight them in the streets. Now I don't necessarily dislike them when they hit my television. Um, they're one that comes to mind. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been somewhat consistent with who I like and staying there, right? Like the Sami Zayn's are still fucking awesome for me. The Daniel Bryan's are still awesome. Uh, AJ Styles comes to mind for me. Yeah, you used to hate AJ Styles. You used to. I just thought he was. Well, and and to his credit, he has constantly worked and gotten way better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. and and you could see it over time, but like he was. Real bad with a promo seven years ago, man. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I mean, his in-ring work was still, yeah, top-notch, but I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and just, but in his able ability to carry a storyline and be cool, you know what I mean? Like, is is completely come around. For you sure. know what? 
here you go. I'll give you a real truth bomb uh, as we wrap up this show. Uh, women's pro wrestling. Seven years mm-hmm. ago, I didn't give a shit about it. I thought they didn't care about it, so why would I? And now I've been invested in so many storylines. Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. Uh, you have currently Britt Baker that I'm really high on. So I would say women's pro wrestling uh, has really changed my mm-hmm. mind from what it used to be to what it is today. Well, the ultimate one says seven years is a long time. And I'm glad to hear you guys have made it this far without wanting to kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> but if I can be serious for a minute, I'm glad that I have been a listener to you guys for this long. Ultimate out. Oh, I love that guy. P.S. Ah, oh, damn it. He got me. <laughs> Because this is the seven-year anniversary, that was I'm a shoot. Two more questions. Hold on, that was a shoot. I legitimately fell for that. God yeah. damn it! Right? Yeah. All right. It says because this is the seven-year anniversary, I'm adding two more questions. I totally one. T Mac. Oh, I totally forgot about the PS. You motherfucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. T Mac. Number new new question number one. Have you been able to convert Mrs. T Mac to a wrestling fan? Almost. So she watched, for example, she watched the swamp match. Cause I was like, Hey, you love horror movies. This is in that genre, like a, you know, lower B movie horror film. Give this a shot. So she does. And she hates it, but there's so many things where, uh, for example, she was making a dessert a couple weeks ago and, uh, I tasted it. I was like, Oh, that is a little too sweet. And then she just threw up the NWO too sweet and she's like, I hate that I know that. And I was just like, I love you so much. <laughs> so there's little things like that. Yeah, there's little things like that. Yeah. All right, number two. What's the plan for the 10-year anniversary? Fucking cocaine and hookers, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Right? I mean, that's the only thing we can pencil in for now. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing certain except for those two things, right? Death taxes. I mean, what else would there be? Yeah, death taxes, and on your ten year anniversary of whatever it is, it's cocaine and hookers. Duh. All right. Well, that's the ultimate one. Ultimate one. I love you. Don't. P.S. Did you? Is it a really P.S.? I would have sent a dollar. <laughs> you motherfucker. But I'm ninety nine cents short. Hey, a penny is the seven year anniversary copper. So thanks. That's true. That's true. God. Ultimate one, that's cool. And next week, we'll have to get some natty lights. Let's not forget about that, Tom. Oh. Yeah, the SpanishDownTable.net. SpanishDownTable.net. You bastards with that PS. God, it re- so, that legit got me. <laughs> so, when we started this show, you know, we did our due diligence trying to make sure there was nobody with the name Spanish Announce Table. That occurred later, which we still have a beef with. Fuck Canadians. America's um, hat. Now, uh... The website, though, SpanishAnnounceTable.com, was purchased. Somebody owned it, but it was empty. And I did a lot of work, like, trying to figure out who owned it. Mm-hmm. Found out they were in Independence, Missouri, mm-hmm. right? I remember that. Right down the street. Mm-hmm. With, you know, I think you lived in Independence, Missouri at the time. Yeah. Found the guy's name on Facebook, which, you know, not the most, you know, unique name, right? So I had to find a couple, right? Sent some emails, sent some messages like, hey, do you own this website? I'm trying to, you know, buy, 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 buy. Give up on that years into it, right? I mean, five years. The NWL comes around, right? We're hanging around the NWL. And one of the guys working there goes, hey, you're the Spanish Nets table guys, right? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I listen to you guys all, all the time. I'm like, great, thanks. And he's like, 
hey, listen, I own SpanishNounceTable.com. You guys want that website name? I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I was like, you fuck. What? Yep. I was like, you. Yeah. Fucking you. I, I was like, no. Fuck, dude. Yes, I want it. Yes, I want it. What do I got to do? You want to pay? And he's like, oh, I'll just give it to you, man. He's like, it was going to expire soon. He's like, I was thinking about that. I was like, wondering how I was going to get a hold of you guys. And I was like, oh my god! I like I, I never wanted to kiss and punch somebody at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope he's listening right now, right? He's a nice guy. Yeah, great guy. And 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 so he he fuck he's like, all right, next week, man. I'll, I'll, you know what I mean? When you guys will be here next week or month, whatever they were doing shows, like I can't remember now. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I see him, and he goes, hey man, already expired. I don't own it anymore. They took it back. And I'm like, no. And I go on, and they won like five thousand yep. dollars for the day. Yep. And hey, here's a fun fact: we've never made a dollar off the website, so that didn't happen. So it's still SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Uh, Seven years, Tom. Memories. Um, yeah, but we have one final email before we get out. All right, let's hear it. Uh, he's. It's from. It says, "Remember me." Oh, I hope so. If this is who it is, I'm gonna fucking freak out. Well, it's from Heavy Set. Ah, I love Heavy Set. That's not who I was thinking of. I thought it was unpgbl. That's who I was thinking. It's not unpgbl. I love Heavy Set. Let's see though. if we can get unpgbl back sometime. And get a nice little uh, uh, metric, maybe on the three hundred or something, right? There you go. But Heavy Set, right? All right, here we go. Now Heavy Set, as you alluded to, uh, uh, has been a, a heel and a face on this show. Oh yeah, <laughs> as have we. Hey, yeah. Look, let's go through a quick timeline history. Very, you know, uh, rapid fire here. It went from listening to the show. We were talking all the time. He sent us, or he sent me, uh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Because fun fact, that's my favorite candy. Like giant mm-hmm. ones. To pro wrestling isn't a sport. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Well, then fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. Hated each other. Didn't talk, picked them up though once. Before we hated each other because he came down. We did uh, an interview. You decided not to record it. Um, then, uh, <laughs> did you catch that? Uh, then, um, hate each other, unfollowed each other, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Uh, and then, hey, we're back. You want to give it a listen? Sure, I'll give it a listen. Hey, I, I kind of miss you. Hey, I kind of miss you. We didn't say this part, but like now we kind of like each other's stuff and we talk sometimes. He's a nice guy. Well, he says, he says, holy shit, guys, seven years. Congrats on seven years at the Spanish announce table. It seems like yesterday I was trying to drive a semi up T-Mac's ass. Time sure does fly by. Wishing you all the best. Heavy set. You remember that? I'm going to drive the semi truck up your ass? Yes, because when I. P.S. Oh, <laughs> you fucks. <laughs> Did you think that was it? No. A lot has changed in seven years. You guys don't even go by Captain Awesome and T-Mac anymore. It's Tim and Tom. Oh, well, same here. No, I don't go by Tim and Tom. It's just Justin. I have so many memories of some of the last seven years from when I actually listened. It seems like yesterday that we were all chilling in the radio studio and recording an episode of the Spanish announce table. What episode number was that again? Yeah, Tim. Oh, yeah. It never aired. What in the fucking fuck, you fuckers? That was Tim. I think Tom is the one who corrupted the file that day. <laughs> nope. Anyways, remember when I used to always talk about Johnny Gargano? I feel like I was right about that one. Mm-hmm. I forget. How much does the WWE Network cost again? Oh, if you had that sound bite. If only they made a catchy song about it. Oh, well. Yeah, I know. I, he set me up for sound bites. Yeah. And God bless him. I looked at my, at my sent folder, and the last time I emailed the show that was even uh, after an email hiatus was May 18th, 2016. 
That was before Cleveland finally won a championship in my lifetime. Has Kansas City won any championships lately? Oh, so let if me tell have, you. Hold if on. If they have, you guys should stop keeping it a secret and start talking about it. Yeah, hey, let's tell you guys uh, real quick. Uh, 2015, uh, the Royals won the World Series. And then 2020, the Kansas City Chiefs, led by the greatest quarterback to ever play that position, Patrick Mahomes, uh, won the Super Bowl this year. And then the earth stopped. That should just tell you how monumental it was that the Chiefs won Super Bowl 54 in Miami over the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Uh, he, he won the to last 20. Super Bowl. Yeah, we won the last Super Bowl. There will never be another one. And we won that one. Well, he says also, who won the Super Bowl this year? I haven't heard anything about that either. No, it was the Chiefs. <laughs> it was the Chiefs. It's Kansas City. Anyways, I'll see you guys around eventually. I'd still love to make it out to a show in Kansas City, you know. After all this shit is over, you guys take care. Never give up, yeah. Justin Summers. God, never give up. I PPS! You fucking assholes, all of you. Did you Did you miss this? Real question. <laughs> Why do you guys still talk about WWE? You both clearly don't enjoy the company that much. Yeah. Yeah, they have some good things, mm-hmm. but that is few and far in between. Plus... You're both massively AEW biased. Mm-hmm. It would only make sense, in my opinion, to drop WWE talk. Seven years ago, it would seem crazy to not talk about WWE on a mainstream wrestling podcast. But times have really changed. AEW is building itself to become legit competition. Love it. Impact is trying to re 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 rebuild their brand and are making some better moves. NJPW is super accessible, minus not having a dedicated app on every platform Uh in the year 2020. Uh ROH is slash was trying to rebuild after all the big stars left, and independent wrestling was awesome Uh before COVID. With all those options, why waste time talking about a company you can't stand? Personally, I've weaned off WWE since 2017. I personally don't have anything against them, and I still love many people there. It was just a bit of a burnout. Uh Vince seems really out of touch, more than he was before. I won't watch any weekly wrestling, not even AEW. Podcasts keep me up to date on all that. I still prefer the independents, and that's what I have IWTV for. Mm-hmm. Plus, with Wrestling Cheers, cheap plug, I don't need to waste any of my time on that kind of stuff anymore. Seriously, this time, congrats on seven years. Podcasting isn't easy, especially when you have real-world responsibilities and a life. You guys have taken breaks and even switched shows, so Sat could have had 364 episodes by now. I think it is commendable that you guys have stepped away but still came back. Many people would have never came back. I wish you guys both the best. Congrats on your marriage, Tom. Yeah. And congrats to Tim on the next time he goes back to college. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> Cheers, Justin. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it'll happen, I'm sure. Uh, yeah? Yeah. You know, we we said it as much. When, he, when they went and fired everybody at the start of COVID, we were like, all right, should we just never fucking talk about them again? Yeah. Here, here's where, here's why I would say we should at least address the elephant in the room that is WWE. Is, yeah, uh, are they out of touch? Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon, trying to come up with storylines that aren't relevant all the time. Yes, right. But then they do cool things. I'm not going to say that they don't. The Boneyard match was awesome. The Firefly Fun uh, House match was awesome. You know, they've done really cool things. Carrion Cross's entrance and his whole package has has been really cool. Uh, the Undisputed Era has always been uh, a highlight for me. Uh, but I equate it to this. If we were to do a racing podcast, like a, an auto racing podcast, right? Let's just say, I don't know much about it, but let's just say the politics and drivers and NASCAR is that of WWE. 
it would be silly for me, I feel, to say to someone who doesn't know racing, hey, I do a racing podcast. I'm like, oh, is that like Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr.? And I'm like, well, kind of, but we don't talk about them. We only talk about the people you know that we like. We don't talk about the biggest stars. So I kind of feel like it would be doing a racing podcast and never right. addressing NASCAR. Well, they still have the highest ratings. Right, yeah. Still, right, yeah. yeah, and so it's like, even though, just like with this episode, we recapped AEW from you know, first segment to last segment. And then it's just hit the highlights of the rest of WWE. I feel like that's what the best formula is, is yeah. Until, you know, lightning strikes in a bottle and they push, you know, Matt Riddle to be champion or whatever it is. Uh, until that time, I think we should just hit on the things we like. Maybe the big news uh, of the week from them, for example, the I match or Keith Lee giving up a title. Um, but yeah, we're going to invest all of our time or most of our time into AEW. And so I feel like it's a good blend just like to my analogy, it would be weird to have a racing podcast and not talk about the Daytona 500, you know, I agree with that. Well, Tom, seven years going back to Justin Summers or heavy set. I, I well, I guess we're going to call him Justin. He said, I go by Justin. So we're going to call him Justin. Uh, I still remember picking him up, and the first thing he said as he got out of his truck was, I'm going to stick this in your ass. He, like, pointed yeah. at it, and I was like, okay, get in my car. <laughs> that was great. And we yeah, got a uh, – Yeah, heavy set. No, yeah. You've known I mean, him I longer. I've known him longer than you. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you knew him from that one podcast where the uh, co-host thought Monty Brown was a top talent. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, guys. <laughs> the guy that yeah, sniffs the ropes. stories off air for, the, for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, God, we've been uh, through a lot, through a lot, and we'll have more to come. Like I said, we got episode 300 coming up in, what, eight weeks? So, yeah, be on the lookout for that. Um, we'll try to be a little more proactive in our celebrations on that one, too. And, um, God, this was a fun week. This was a great week. God, this was one of my favorite weeks of the year. Like I said, uh, since we've kind of relaunched uh, Spanish Announce Table 4.7, um, this year for me personally has been the greatest ever, but this week has been one of those great weeks that I'll remember. I love seeing all the tweet the tables. I love uh, that we got emails, even though I wasn't aware of it. You motherfuckers with your PSs getting me again. Uh, Tim, that includes you too, because your cadence got me. Um, love it. What a great episode. Love this show. Love you guys. Love you, Tim. I just ugh. tear them on it, baby. The Spanish announce table. Wow.